Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 32 tonight. Very, very familiar uh, passage in your Bible. Most of you have read this time and time again, I'm sure. Uh, but God has given me a thought this week, and um, I didn't know if I'd preach it tonight or Sunday or, or when, but this is what's on my heart for tonight. And so I'm going to share with you what God's given me this week, and it'll be real practical and uh, just a, really a charge to the church. And might have too much gain on this. Need a little more volume, less gain probably. Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 32. If you're there, say amen. amen. Luke chapter number 2. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and, uh, well, Luke chapter number 2. Sorry, I gave you the wrong verse. Verse number 39. Verse number 39, I'm sorry. Luke chapter 32, verse number 39. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible said, When they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew in light, strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up into Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. Now let me just pause. We're going to read, but this is always, as long as I can remember, has always baffled me that Mary and Joseph can go to church and leave and go almost get half over halfway home, and they go, go along without Jesus. They forgot Him at the house of God. That baffles me. Verse, um, verse number... Uh, verse number, where was I at? 44. But they supposing him, you better be real careful. You start assuming. They supposing him to have been in the company when a day's journey. And they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they had found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. It came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. When they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wish, wish you not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he did, which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. If the Lord will help me, I want to, I want to try to challenge you for this upcoming year uh, with this thought um, out of Luke chapter number 2. I want to preach on a, a very simple message entitled, Taking God for Granted. Uh, taking God for granted. Would you pray with me? Please pray for me tonight. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. I thank you, Lord, that uh, there is a place that we can come. And Lord, we can fellowship with the saints. But most of all, God, we can have sweet fellowship and communion with you. I pray tonight, Lord, that you enable me and touch me and empower me. Lord, I, I pray for unction, Lord, that only you can give. I cannot preach by myself. Lord, I don't want to attempt that tonight. 
So God, if you would, please help me, Lord, fill me. Give me great clarity of mind and strength, Lord, both physically and spiritually. God, touch my voice, Lord. Help my lungs tonight. And God, just fill me up, Lord. Help me to get out of the way. God, that you'd use me for thy honor and thy glory. Oh, God, I need you tonight. Lord, our church needs you. Lord, we're in the last days, and God, we need, God, we need a fresh breeze from heaven, Lord, to blow through Stillwater Baptist Church, and God, we need those who are stagnant, Lord, to get back on fire for you, and those who are wayward to come home, and those who are prodigals, Lord, to draw out of you, God, we need sinners saved, and Lord, we, we're asking you to do that in this place, and God, that you bless us up coming here, thank you for what you've already done. But God, we need you, Lord, as we journey into another year of life. God, as we approach the coming of you, Lord, and the rapture of the church. Oh, God, help us tonight through and by the preaching of your word. And what you do, we'll thank you. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen and amen. All uh, of you may be seated tonight. By way of introduction tonight, I want to say this here. Previously in Luke chapter number 2, where you'll find the Lord Jesus has been born uh, into this world. May I say tonight and remind you, no doubt, that uh, the birth of Christ is uh, uh, the greatest event that's ever taken place uh, on planet earth concerning uh, uh, the sin of mankind. Uh, can I tell you tonight, had he not came uh, and been born of a virgin, had he not lived 33 and a half years, uh, had he not died on an old rugged cross uh, and resurrected from the grave, we'd all be uh, uh, without hope and headed to hell. Uh, but thank God for the Son of God uh, and the Lamb that came uh, to be slain before the foundation of the world. Uh, can I say tonight uh, this event, his birth Earth is special uh, to all of us, but can you imagine being Mary and Joseph? Can you imagine, ladies, being that virgin uh, that had never uh, been uh, tainted by man? Uh, uh, can you imagine being pure and being innocent and the Holy Ghost of God coming to you? Uh, uh, the Bible said the Holy Ghost came upon Mary. Uh, can I say, and she conceived with child, uh, and there the town was. Uh, you know what they said about Mary and Joseph? And they said, ain't no way that that child's a son of God. That's the son of Joseph. It only makes sense. We've never heard such a thing in our lives. But Mary and Joseph knew the truth. Even God sent a word to Joseph and said, come out of hiding. You don't have to be afraid. You know the truth and I know the truth. For the glory of God, Mary brings in the Christ. May I say if he ought to mean anything to anybody, if he ought to be important, if he ought to be top priority in the lives of anybody, you would imagine, Brother Shelby, it would be in the lives of Mary and Joseph. I mean, I'm looking at some parents here tonight. If the whole world was to lose its mind and everything got crazy, you know what your first concern would be? It would be your child. Can I say when the storms roll in, the first thing you wonder about is your child when struggles hit. The first concern in our minds is our children. When the devil attacks, the first ones we try to
trying to pull clothes and shelter in our lives is our children. Am I telling it right? May I say when my kids go through troubles, I wish to God I could take their trouble, whether it's sickness or sin or whatever it is, I wish I could bear that burden because I love my children. And here is a lady that don't just have a good boy, don't just have a Baptist young man or a, or a, or a, or a boy on the, on the honor roll at school. He is the Son of God. Are y'all with me tonight? I'm going to need your help now. I ain't going to grunt like this and y'all not help me. If anybody should have full, if anybody should give their full attention to Jesus, it should have been Mary and Joseph. This is their child. And I say, as hard as that is for us to imagine, I want to tell you tonight, don't look down your nose at Mary and Joseph. What do you mean? Well, Sure, it seems strange that they could forget and leave Jesus behind. Yet, I'm looking at people uh, that have traveled throughout your entire lives uh, and you forget about Him a lot of times on a daily basis. Uh, there's months out of the year that you forgot about Him somewhere or another. Uh, there's some that even go yearly, Brother Shelby. I'm talking about years. There's saved people uh, right now sitting on the couch at home that have forgot about Jesus for year upon year upon year. We ought not shame Mary and Joseph for going a day's journey. I know it don't make sense to us, but I want to ask you how many of y'all in 2021 lived your life in a repetitive cycle that Jesus was put on a shelf, that Jesus was put on the back burner, that Jesus was put off in a corner somewhere. Can I remind you, my friend, the whole problem with Mary Mary and Joseph was their focus was on their religion and their focus was on the tradition. May I say it is every year uh, that the men, the men uh, were required to go uh, to the temple of God and the men were required uh, uh, to take a part uh, in the feast of the Passover. The women weren't required. Uh, uh, Mary's an overachiever, if you will. Uh, Mary wants to be a part of everything. She didn't even have to go but she's so loyal. Are y'all with me? She's so loyal to keeping the law and she's so loyal to her religion. She said, well, my friends and my family may stay home. I don't have to go, but I want to go. Y'all with me? She wanted to be at church, but the problem can be if you're not careful, you'll get your focus on religion and you'll get your focus on doing your deeds and you'll get your focus on just being faithful to church and all along in the process of doing the right thing you can forget about the main thing which is Jesus so many people go to church and somewhere yonder down the road they left Jesus Oh, they're, they're at church they're at watch night let me ask you something are you as faithful this sounds like a silly question but it ain't are you as faithful in your personal Relationship, your intimate relationship, your private relationship with Christ as you are your church. Now I'm going to tell you something. People that ain't faithful to church ain't faithful to Christ. Amen. But there are people that are faithful to church that ain't faithful to Christ. Did y'all get that? If you're not faithful to church, it's inevitable you're not being faithful to Christ. I mean, that's dear God. That's plain evident. 
But you can be faithful to church and still not be faithful to Christ. How many of y'all know, have seen, heard, read about maybe somebody went to church year, uh, went to church for years and years and years and uh, the whole time they were there, but then one day, 30 years after they've been in church, God the Holy Ghost comes by and pricks them in the heart and says, hey, I know that you've been faithful to church. I know you've been faithful to the choir. I know you've been faithful to studying. I know you've been faithful to tithing. I mean, I'm talking about people that have it all lined down up to the eye man uh, uh, but God hallelujah that God cares enough about them uh, come by and remind them that religion is not enough uh, can I say religion ain't never sent nobody to heaven religion will send everybody to hell I'm glad I'm not here tonight uh, because I'm religious I'm here because I've been redeemed uh, I'm here because I've got a relationship I'm here because he is mine and I am his Talking about a relationship with Christ. Oh, can I remind you they are faithful to their religion. I understand we have a promise tonight that Jesus will never leave us. Stay with me. I got I got a, a little bit of introduction. We know the Bible says, Brother Shelby, that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And can I say tonight that is absolutely true and rightly so. But listen, it is within our hearts that Jesus constantly abides. And oftentimes, what did Mary and Joseph do? We read it in black and white, Brother Eric. They supposed that Jesus was with them along their journey. They assumed everything was alright between them and the Lord Jesus Christ. May I say tonight, sometimes, oftentimes, we suppose that Jesus is present in our practice because he has promised to be present in our position. Uh, you need to hear that one more time. We suppose he's present in our practice what we're doing for God because we know he's present in our position. I said it a second ago. I'm in him and he's in me. When I got born in the family of God, I was birthed in Christ by Christ. I'm sealed unto the day of redemption. But you better hear me. Just because we are sealed in position does not mean we can live supposing our practice. You can do the right thing a hundred times and he'll be nowhere around it. My friend, we've got to look past the practical application of Christianity or positional application of Christianity and make sure that we are present with him and he with us in our practice. So many people suppose he is there with them in the practice of our quote-unquote religion. You assume because you're doing the right thing, He's there. And He is there. If nothing else I want you to learn. He is always with you positionally. Your position in Christ never changes. We're not talking about having to get born again and born again and born again. Let me tell you something tonight. I say, listen, if you, I'll say about this. If, if I absolutely refuse to leave you, right. he said That's right. he will never leave us nor forsake us. If he's attached and there's absolutely nothing we can do about that, what in the world makes people think they can lose their position? 
I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's pretty simple. That means even when you walk away from him practically, he's still always there positionally. This is easy to figure out, and I'm glad, hallelujah, for it. Because I was a young teenage boy from 14 to 18 that left him practically. But thank God he never left me positionally. That's how I got back in. He was always there. There was no communion. Are you listening? When I left him by way of practice, there was no communion. But there was always conversion. Well, I'm going to need about three of them to help me preach tonight. I lost communion. Are you with me? Fellowship. I lost communion, but I never lost conversion. I lost fellowship, but I never lost somebody on heaven, but I never lost sonship. I lost my practical application and my practical relation, but I never lost the positional application and I never lost the positional possession. Because he's in me and I'm in him. Practically speaking, though, we use our positional standpoint and suppose because we know He's in us and we're in Him positionally that we're always in fellowship and He's with us along our journey practically. Are y'all with me? Why did they assume that Jesus was with them? Because He always had been. Come on, somebody. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I mean, He's the Son of God. They know good and well if anybody is going to journey through life with them, it's Jesus. But look up and listen tonight. There is a promise that He'll always go with you, even to the end. But that is positionally, not practically. Let me tell you something. Jesus ain't holding your hand when you leave the church. Y'all with me? He is not holding your hand and walking with you out of the will of God. Oh, he's in you. You're in him. But he's not walking and talking with you when you leave fellowship in the house of God. Come on, somebody. You, you cannot be disobedient to God and still be in an intimate relationship with God. You are still intimate in position. But you are out of fellowship. By way of practice. That's right. I'm trying to lay that foundation because I want you to understand tonight. If you don't get those two things nailed down, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle through this thing. You're going to struggle. Can I say tonight, you cannot leave the Lord positionally, but you can leave Him practically. You cannot leave someone who will not leave you. But you can leave God in the areas of fellowship and intimacy. And that's exactly what Mary and Joseph have done. Can I say as I read this text, I begin to wonder. Let me get to where I'm going. How in the world, practically and positionally, I put it all, I put it all on the same plane. How in the world could the mother, I'm not talking about a relative, a first cousin. I'm talking about the mother of Jesus Christ. How in the world could Mary and Joseph get out of fellowship and communication with the Lord Jesus Christ, either practically or positionally? How in the world? This is what the Lord spoke to my heart. Here's how they done it. They took him for granted. 
That's how it happened. They took him for granted. Because he'd always been there, they just assumed, well, I'm going to do my own thing and when I turn around, he'll still be there. Y'all with me? I got a checklist that I started asking myself. Number one, how could it have even been possible to not only forget Jesus, but travel an entire day without Him? Y'all with me? Let me ask you something. Amy, is there a possibility in your mind, any chance at all, that you, me, you, and Elijah Madison can hop in the car and go get out somewhere on the beach and enjoy vacation for an entire day and you not see, hear, touch, be around your little boy, Elijah. Why is that not a thought? Why, hey, are y'all with me? This is her child. They went there together, but they left without him. And an entire, read your Bible, a whole day goes by. Guess whose voice they haven't heard? His. Guess whose hand they haven't held? His. Guess, guess, whose, guess whose presence they had not seen, felt, heard, or experienced? He's been nowhere. For an entire day, they have left the Lord Jesus. Why? They just took it for granted that He was there. Here's another point on my checklist. How could they have become so busy that when they looked around, they didn't even notice He was gone? Did it ever occur to them, you reckon, that He wasn't there? Apparently not, because they continued traveling. Are y'all with me? Helping somebody. They, they traveled a whole day and did not even consider where He was. How? Did they manage to walk ahead of Jesus and leave Him behind along the journey? I'm going to tell you how. Here's what it boils down to. They had taken the Son of God for granted. They assumed, that word suppose, they assumed He was near without taking time to notice if He was or not. That right there is pretty deep if you'll listen. They assumed He was near without taking the time to notice if He was or not. Let me ask you something. When's the last time you stopped, put everything in life on halt just to make sure he was still near? You think he's near. You suppose he's near. Why? Well, he has been all these years. Y'all with me? I'm giving you a charge for 2022. You suppose that he's near, but when's the last time you took time to notice if he's near? Well, I've been coming to church, so I, I'm, I'm sure we're in fellowship. Really? Because that's where they left him. They was on a church trip, Brother Shelby. That's a little inside joke. It was on a church trip. You know where they lost him? Same place you lost him when you and Isaac was in the back seat. On a church trip. Isaac lost him on the church trip too. Because of something Shelby did. I've never seen Isaac want to fight, but he was ready to fight. Mm -hmm. On a church trip. Let me tell you, a good place to lose him is going to be an oxymoron. This right here is a great place to lose him. Because you come in and he's here, he's here, he's here, he's here, and you get content with his presence at church. That's it. And you walk out them doors and you leave him at the church and you have no communion with him until you come back to the church. 
You suppose because he showed up and showed out and showed off at church that when you leave, listen to me now, I'm talking about Christians all over the world. When they leave, they can do whatever they want. They can act however they want. They don't have to pray. They don't have to read the Bible. They don't have to do the things. They don't have to spend time, intimate time with God because, well, it's not, no, there's no doubt in my mind. We're close because of all the things I've done. He's always been there. You're assuming that you are connected. You're assuming that you're close to God. I'm going to ask you a real question tonight. You better answer it honestly in your mind. Are you really close with God right now? There's a, there's a good handful. I'm just going to be honest. I'm like, this is my job. There's a good solid handful based upon the way you have responded in this service and services before. You ain't one bit close to God. Amen. Amen. What's the problem? It ain't God. It's us. It's us. I said at the beginning, God is good, ain't He? He's faithful, ain't He? Boy, He's full of mercy, ain't He? Long-suffering, full of grace. Not just grace, amazing grace. It ain't His fault if you're not close. You know what you've done? 2021, I've watched it. I told you. We started the year off strong. Everybody's faithful. Boom, 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 boom. Nobody had no issues. Everybody's at church. Everybody wanted to be at church. Nobody's missing. Nobody's just sat the other. I mean, everything was climbing, climbing, climbing. We've seen God answer some big prayers for us back in March. Brother Chris came and uh, got, God restored all that. Man, I mean, I'm telling you, we was just soaring. The latter part, if y'all ain't seen this, you, you ain't got no spiritual discernment. Right. You know what we've done? Y'all remember every service I'd preach, these boys was running? What happened to that? Just suppose. Because you ain't as hungry as you was. Come on, somebody. You remember all the things God was doing in your heart personally at the beginning of 2021 and now? Seem like the last three, four, five months, I, I walk in every Sunday and every Wednesday. There's been a few occasions, and this is pretty much what it's been. God Y'all with me? God amen. Let me remind you something. You're supposed to say amen when I preach. You're supposed to say hallelujah and glory to God. Shelby, you're supposed to jump up and holler. And wave a hanky and come back four or five foot out of your pew and say, preach on. That's right. Yes, sir. Where's that be? Come on, somebody. Amen. John, you ain't going to chase me down with you thunderclap. Amen. Amen. I'm preaching tonight. If I've got to preach till midnight, I've got made up my mind. We're not going to start off 2022 in complacency, supposing everything's all right. It ain't all right. We need to see God do more. I'm not trying to just get back where we were. I want to get back where we were and climb from there. This church ought to be in a better spiritual condition at the end of 2022 than it is when we start. We should never decline spiritually. We should always incline. I've noticed it. I've noticed it. And you have too if you've got any spiritual discernment. What have you been doing, Brother Josh? Just coming in and mounting the pulpit, standing in my post, grinding. Because I know there's seasons. 
Right. A lot of seasons of downtime in the church is our fault. Right. It is hungry. Yep. It is hungry. Just a couple months ago, I seen a more of a desire. And I seen a more seriousness than I do right now. My sister, first thing she did when she walked through the doors is did something stupid at the back door back there. And I, I thought, what are, what are you doing? We're here to have church. She didn't mean no harm, no foul. She's being goofy. But come on. We're here for church. Amen. Oh, I'm pastor. Amen. We're here to have church. Man. We're not here to joke. We're going to do that when we go eat. We're not here to cut up. Somebody might as well say, oh me or amen. We're not here to sing half-heartedly in the choir. No, sir. We're not here to sit on our pew and sit on our blessed assurance and say, well, I believe everything's all right. You're supposing. Why? Because you've done the right thing, but it makes no difference if you've done the right thing, but you forgot about the main thing. Doing the right thing ain't going to do nothing. You know what God's going to judge? He's going to judge our works. He's not going to judge what we've done. He's going to judge why we've done what we've done. What is the intent? Are you here out of moral obligation? Or did you really say, come say, oh God, move in the surf. I wonder how many people is standing here tonight that spent one minute in prayer for the service. It'd be a shame if we knew. Very, I promise you this, very few. Very few bowed your head today and say, Oh God, we're fixing to go to church. Lord, please speak to me. God, please move. God, please save a soul in watch night. God, please light a fire in our church. Lord, please help my preacher. Let me tell you all something. You want to get out of church what you put in it. And you can't go through this thing taking God for granted. Because we've seen the good times before, we just assume we're going to see them again. That's how it works. That's how a church dies. Assumption. Assumption. I'm talking about my leaders. I'm talking about my lay members. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about everybody. Something's got to change in the hearts of God's people. Let me tell you something, fellas. You don't help me preach. You ain't preaching. Amen. Come on. Oh, yes. I'm going to say it again because some of you didn't like it. You ain't even preacher. But if you're a preacher and you ain't going to help me preach, you ain't preaching. Ain't doing it. I ain't going to give you a pulpit and a spotlight when you sit stagnant. Not because I'm mad, not because I'm flexing my muscle, not because I'm a head honcho, because it's right. Just because it's right. That is right. Amen. That's right. We're going to have a leadership meeting. I'm going to have it tonight. We're going to have one, but I've already this week, and Brother Shelby, you knew I'd probably mention a little something. I don't have to talk to one this week. Y'all with me? Was I rude? Was I arrogant? Was I a jerk? Did I mistreat you? Did I say anything out of the way? But I told you, you don't tidy some things up, start acting like you ain't preaching, son. You always, out of love now, not out of arrogance, I'm saying it more bold than I did to him. 
I've talked to him in compassion with a broken heart because I love him. Amen. He's got some stuff. He's going to have to fix it up. Amen. 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 I am responsible for this place. If you think I take joy in that, swap with me for about six months. <laughs> I hate having the responsibility of trying to figure all this out. I hate having the burden of trying to help people and hoping I don't hurt them. I reached the place I used to, I used to nip everything in the bud, but I did it the wrong spirit a lot of times. So then I backed off and just started letting things slide. And that's wrong too. And I'm responsible. That's me. I've done you an injustice and 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 you an injustice by backing off. I've hurt y'all. I take responsibility for some of your complacency. It's my fault. Because I didn't want to stir nothing up. I didn't want to upset somebody. One of my greatest fears, Brother Siegel, right. really is, tell me, is pushing you away again. It's one of my biggest fears in the ministry. I mean that. That breaks my body. I, don't, I keep coming to this. It's like three services in a row now. I'm really sick of it. But one of my greatest fears in ministry is watching doing something to harm you, hurt you, or set you, seeing you go down the wrong path. That's one of the biggest fears I've got. It really is. It's one of the biggest fears I've got because I don't want to lose nothing. I don't, even if I'm in the right, I don't want to lose another one. Yeah. Don't. I don't want to lose another family, but y'all hear me, I ain't going to be getting my message. I've got to stand. Yes, sir. I've got to hold our families accountable. If I don't, let me ask you a question. Who will? That's my job. When I see a slipping, and when I see a stumble, and when I see sin, to say, stop. You know what you're doing? When we do these things and we slip back and we slide back and get in cruise control, we don't come in hungry, we don't come in holy, we don't come in prepared. You realize you can't enjoy church if you come in unprepared. You ought to be praying and getting ready and studying and that take before you ever get here. That's why it takes 45 youth choir songs for some of you even get plugged in because you've spent no time preparing for the service. I'm going to tell you why we do things like that. We're in a good church. We've got the right Bible. We've got good people. And we take God for granted. If Mary and Joseph can mess up concerning the Lord at church, good, you reckon we are okay? I know this is challenging and sobering. Good. It's what God gave me. It's what God gave me. Oh, wait I got some points I'd really like to get to them. If you can. <coughs> 34 minutes is how long I've been preaching. May I say there have been days where we've all woke up, knew we needed to pray, but instead we started our day with whatever else it was. Yeah. You know what you just done? You took God for granted. Because yeah. you knew around lunchtime if things opened up and you went to Him and said, Lord, Sorry about that earlier. Please forgive me. He's going to say. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You've done convinced yourself. You know what you are and you know God don't expect a whole lot out of you because you ain't nothing. You just put her on cruise control. 
I make it to church, hallelujah. If I don't, glory to God. If I get to spend time in prayer, bless His name. But if I don't, God's still good. Y'all with me? You might as well say amen. If I get to read my Bible today, thank you, good Lord. If I don't, thank you, Lord, you're still good. Everything's all right. I'll get to it tomorrow. Why we do stuff like that? We take Him for granted. Paul said it like this. If you use grace, the grace of God for the occasion of the flesh, God forbid. But that's what we do. How do you take God for granted? You abuse His grace. Somebody needs to write that down. How do we take God for granted? We abuse His grace. That's exactly how we do it. May I say there's not a doubt in my mind come Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday, Sunday all going to be here. I ain't got to worry about you. Ain't a doubt when it comes time for a fall meeting or a revival or what have you. I ain't got to wonder if you're going to be here five nights in a row. You're going to be here. But there are a lot of times when you are more faithful to the religion, to the religion, and to the form of godliness, if you will. You're more faithful to religion than you are your Redeemer. Being here is a blessing, but if you're not here for Him, let me tell you something, you ain't getting brownie points in heaven. You ain't earning no rewards by setting your behind in a pew. If you're just here to be here, you might as well have went and got drunk tonight. Figuratively speaking, I don't mean that literally, but you might as well, it's all going to burn up, that's what I'm trying to say. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to get my points maybe. How often have you went a whole day without Jesus? I wonder how many people in this church this week when a day or more he wasn't near. May I say it's impossible to be faithful. Or excuse me. It is possible. Listen to this. It is very possible to be faithful and forgetful all at the same time. You can be faithful to this place but still be forgetful as to why and to who you are here for when you're at this place. May I say one of the easiest places to get absent from the presence of God is right in the midst of serving God. You'll take Him for granted. Can I say tonight, you cannot substitute your fellowship with Christ based upon your sonship. Listen to me. You cannot substitute your fellowship based on your sonship. You cannot give up real fellowship with God just because you know your son. You still fellowship. You're still to spend time with Him. He's still to be number one on the list. How many times have you traveled a day's journey this year supposing the Savior was by your side? Thank God for grace. Taking God for granted under the assumption that no matter what you have done, you'll still be in fellowship. That's incorrect. We take our position... And we justify our practices. Are y'all with me? It don't work that way, Brother John. Just don't. It don't work that way. May I say going forward, God has given us a brand new year. We're starting into 2022. It's a fresh start. And what's the message from the pastor to the church tonight? We're going to hear some other preaching. It's going to be good. But my message to the congregation of Stillwater Baptist Church is quit taking God for granted. Assumption will lead you down the road of destruction. 
Y'all with me? God's saying some really simple but profound things to our hearts tonight. You better hold on to them. It's time to wake up and make Jesus top priority. May I say above all, we need to get back to the place where Jesus is the main thing. This life that you and I are living is for Jesus. Listen, I, I'm wanting to get a sign if I can. I don't know where I'm going to put it. I'm on, I, I, the Lord put this on my heart for this year. It's just a, just a thing that God's breathed in my heart. And it's real simple. It's not about you. It's all about Him. My God, if we, if we can walk in the doors of Stillwater Baptist Church and see that every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday, it's not about you. It's all about Him. Amen. It's not about you. It's all about Him. Maybe you'll come in and you've had a rough week and you see that sign. It's not about you. It's all about Him. Maybe you're going through something. It's not about you. It's all about Him. When you reach that place, you'll quit taking God for granted. Yeah. I'm going to give you a few things if you want to help me real quick. And uh, we'll see what time we got and we'll go from there. First of all, I'll tell you tonight, long introduction as always. When you take God for granted, number one, if you take a note, write this down. <coughs> when you take God for granted, number one, you will become clueless of His absence. When you reach the place where you're taking God for granted, you'll have no idea He's nowhere around. Y'all with me? Look at verse 43. Real simple thought tonight. And when they had fulfilled the days, uh, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. You know what that's saying, brother dad? They were clueless of His absence. Ever, listen, they're jolly and merry singing and having a good old time. Leaving church without the Son of God. You Listen, when you begin to take God for granted, you'll get somewhere down yonder in the journey of life and not even realize that God is not in fellowship with you and you're not in fellowship with Him. You take God for granted, you will become clueless of His absence. Number two, when you take God for granted, you will become comfortable without His affection. I want everybody to hear that one. Y'all with me? You will become comfortable without His affection. What do you mean? Look at verse 44. When they had fulfilled the day, or excuse me, but they supposing Him to have been in the company when a day's journey. In other words, not one time did our good sister Mary hear Jesus say, I love you, Mommy. But there's nowhere in her thoughts. Y'all with me? Yep. Not one time did Joseph hear him say, Stepdad, sure I'm thankful for you. Love you. Y'all with me? Yeah. Stay with me. When you take God for granted, you will become comfortable without His affection. Let me ask you the last time you come in. Some of y'all have been here. When's the last time you come in and it's just like God just sat on you and squeezed you and held you and hugged you and kissed on you? And you are y'all with me? Y'all know what that feels like? And all you can do is cry and say, 
Thank you, Lord. All you can do is come to the altar and say, God, you've been so good. All you can do is stand up and tell the church, boy, my cup's running out. I can't tell you the last time I've seen a church member stand up and say, well, brag on the Lord. I'm so full. I just want to tell you how good he's been. My God, he's so good. Why? Because you took him for granted and you reached the place that you're comfortable without his affection. One whole day supposing he was there. You don't know why you get comfortable without his affection? Because you're clueless of his absence. In the back of your mind, just any minute now, God's going to load my wagon. No, he ain't. He's back there and you're way up here. You don't know why they probably didn't bother them if they didn't hear Jesus say, Mom, I love you. Because she assumed before the trip was out she was going to hear it. But she wasn't. Why? He wasn't on the trip. Are y'all following me? I'm really trying to help you. Why is it that you come to church week after week after week and God don't seem like He moves in you? And why you can't never leave here with joy? And why you're content sitting in the pew, sitting in the sound booth, sitting on piano bench, sitting in the foyer, and the presence and the affection of God has not been on you in a long, long time and you're still comfortable. I'll tell you why. You're, you're comfortable without his affection because you're clueless of his absence. You suppose everything's okay. It's gone. Thirdly, when you take God for granted, you'll become carnal in your apprehension. Look at verse 44. They supposing him to have been in the company when a day's journey. Right there as you get comfortable without his affection. And they sought him. Finally, finally, they realize there's a problem. We've been a whole day. But I know he's close because he always has been. So where are we going to find him? Look here, look here, look here. So they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. You know where they went and looked for him? Family and friends. They realize something's wrong. But if you're not careful... If you take God for granted, you'll become clueless of His absence and then you get comfortable without His affection. And then you're, you will um, pursue Him and apprehend Him carnally. You know what you'll do, Pastor? Keep feel the Lord. Well, let me tell you something. I'm your pastor, but I can't help you find Him. I can't lead you to where you've left Him somewhere. They wasn't a kinsman, a kinsfolk, or an acquaintance in the crowd that knew where he was. Not one. Let me tell you something. I can take you to where he's been. I can take you to where he's at in my life. But listen to me. I've said this time and time and time again over the years. You say, I don't have that relationship I once had. I'm going to ask you a question. 2021, I, I went down a little bit. I, I was closer to him at the start of the year than I am now. I'm going to ask you a question. When and where did you leave him? You don't know where they found him? Well, they left him. Some people leave him when they get the feelings hurt. Right there. Stop sign goes up. They go do their own thing, supposing he's going to follow them down that path, and he ain't. Positionally, he goes with them. He don't go with them practically. Y'all understanding the message that God has given me for you? 
I mean, is, is, is there something that somebody said to you that put up a stoplight and you stopped the, the route? You and the Lord was on together and took a detour and now you look around and you think everything's alright but then you're going to find out it ain't and you're gonna, you know what you're going to do? You will become carnal in your apprehension. You're going to start looking at the things you can see, feel, and touch. You know what Mary and Joseph do? They go to all the family and all their friends. How many of y'all go in a rough, go, go through a rough patch? You don't feel the presence of the Lord, and you run to sister so and so and say, "Man, I'm having it rough. Can you help me? Can you help me pray about this?" Well, sure, I can. But you're reaching out to the things you grab a hold of, right, right. trying to find it. Listen to me. shirt tail, coat tail religion. I ain't gonna cut it. Amen. Listen to me. Just because mom and daddy's walking hand in hand with him, don't mean you will. If, if that is if that's how you plan on being in fellowship is being in a church where it seems like everybody else is in fellowship, you will travel a long, long ways without the affection of God. Amen. And then one day you're going to try to find him, apprehend him, but your approach is going to be carnal. You know what some people are doing in this church? They're sticking around. Because they know we know Him. I'm going to say that again. Are y'all with me? The reason that some people are sticking around this church is because they know this church knows Him. They don't know Him, but they are trying their best to apprehend Him through and by us. And it'll never happen. It'll never happen. Y'all with me? Oh, Lord. There's only one way to know it. January the 9th. Glory to God, man. I love you. January the 9th, 2000, I met him for myself. <laughs> my mama knew him. My daddy knew him. But that wasn't enough for me to know him. I had to go find me for myself. And by me knowing him, it ain't enough that I know him. My children can't know him just because I know him. They can't find him just because I found him. They're not getting in hanging on to my coattail. They're going to get in the same way I did. By him called Calvary. By the blood that was shed. Oh, hallelujah. That I know him for myself tonight. The approach, the apprehension was carnal. You take God for granted, that's where you're going to get. I wonder why some of you ain't made things right with God. You're taking Him for granted. Because every time you think that's the last opportunity, He gives you another one. Come on. You're content knowing Him through us knowing Him. You're never going to find Him that way. You'll become carnal in your apprehension. Number four. When you take God for granted, you'll become self-centered in your approach. Look at verse 48. I'm trying to hurry. For, or verse 46. I'm trying to hurry, but it is what it is. Verse 46. And it came to pass, after three days, they found Him. Something about that three days, ain't they? After three days, they found Him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard Him were astonished at His understanding and answers. And when they saw Him, they were amazed. Look here now, verse 48. 
And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. You take God for granted. You realize He's not where you thought He was. You know what you'll do? You'll become self-centered in your approach. When you finally do get back to where He was, you know the first thing you're going to ask Him? Why'd you leave me? You see what she said, don't you? Verse 48, Why hast thou thus dealt with us? She blames Him. Son, don't you know that it's been three days now uh, you forsook us and why would you forget about us? Why did you put me in a panic? I've been three days in a mess. Why would you do this? You know the first thing people do when they take God for granted and they realize they're all alone and they've went off course and they're about to mess up and they're about to destroy their life and they're sorrowful. They went to Him sorrowing. By the way, listen to me. They blame Jesus for their sorrow. But you better hear me. When you take God for granted, loose fellowship, it will always bring forth sorrow. There's not a child of God in this building that can leave Him practically, make it positionally, and still have felt or still have joy in their heart when they've left Him practically. Can't do it. It brings sorrow. Bring sorrow. They turn around three days back before they left him. You know what Mary says? Why'd you put me through this? You see what he says next. Why did you allow me? Any y'all ever look at your life and you need God? Has, has trouble, listen to me now, has trouble ever struck? Have the storms ever rolled in? Has the bad bill of health ever came? Has your marriage ever went down the tube? Has your mind ever went nuts? And you needed God at the worst time you needed God? And you turned around and you could not find Him? And the first question you ask is, Why? Where are you? Why have you forsaken me? You know what you've done? You've become, by taking God for granted, supposing He was there this whole time, you left Him. Supposing he'd been there, you know what you've done? You become self-centered in your approach. When you do get back to where he is, it's all about you. Amen. My God in heaven. Why is 90% of our prayers all about us? I'll tell you why. I took you for granted. Because we think, Sister Matt, we're a whole lot closer than we really are. Amen. We assume everything is fine and well. It's not. You've left him somewhere. Look on. I'm about done. And I say he's a 12 year old boy who's doing what he came to this earth to do. He was busy about the father's business. Let me ask a couple questions here. Why didn't Mary and Joseph locate him before they left? Why didn't they make good and well and sure that he was with them? Why didn't they make sure he was close along the journey? Why are you going to ask God why when you ain't ask Him where? That, some of y'all get that at 3 o'clock tomorrow. Why are you going to ask God why He's done something when you ain't asked Him where He's been? 
You ain't, you ain't needed it until trouble comes. Then all of a sudden you're asking why. When if you'd have been asking where six months ago, you'd have never had to ask why. You'd have known He'd have been with you. And if God is with me and He's walked to this problem with me, He'll walk with me through this problem. But most of the time, we're shell-shocked by the struggles of life all because we have assumed that everything's fine and well. We've took God for granted. You take God for granted and go on your way without making sure He's going with you. It's not His fault, it's yours. If you're not careful and you take God for granted, number five, you'll become confused by His answer. Mary asks a question, she gets an answer. Look with me in verse 49. Everybody still okay? I'm six a dog and I've been preaching 56 minutes now. And I feel good about it. We're going to be here to midnight or later. So surely God, it'll be okay. I'm going to say this. Just be glad I got something to say. Amen. Amen. I really got something on my heart from God to say. I could have come in here and just blew a bunch of hot air and shouted and act like everything was fine. But here's the fact. Everything ain't fine. Everything ain't fine. We've got to do better. We're taking God for granted. It ain't fine. And when you get to this place where you're like, what in the world's going on? God will give you an answer. Look in verse 49. And he, being Christ, said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Hold on a minute. Mom, here's Mary. Why'd you put through all this sorrow? We've been three days seeking, trying to find you. He said, What are you trying to seek me for? I'm right here where you brought me. I'm right here where you left me. What do you mean? He gives an answer to her question. Look here, he says, Wish you not that I must be about my father's business. I wonder if Mary got a little convicted right there. What are you doing, son? You about give me a blessed fire heart attack. I've been looking for you for three days. He said, What do you mean you've been looking for me? Do you not know that I'm busy? About my father's business. Now get this in your mind. He's 12 years old. And he's sitting in the temple with scholars and doctors and lawyers giving answers and asking questions. And they're they're confused and impressed by both. If anybody knows the law, these jokers know it. There's Jesus telling them things about the law they've never heard. The Bible said they were amazed. They're amazed, but in the same verse. Oh, that's right. They're amazed. Look here. Let me read this to you. Maybe. Verse 48. And when they saw him, that's the that's the that's the uh, that's the doctors and so on in verse 46. And uh, verse 47. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. One crowd is amazed and the other crowd is sorrowing. The lost religious Pharisees are amazed by Christ and the others are pretty upset with him. Now what's the problem there? They took it for granted that he was there with them. Let me tell you something. Listen, are y'all with me? 
We got a long night ahead of us. You're getting tired already. Something bad. You got a long night ahead of you. Why is it that when God's doing what God does, we get confused? They're confused by His answer. How do you know that, brother, brother Josh? Well, look with me in verse number 50. And they, that's Mary and Joseph, understood not the saying which He spake unto them. Let me tell you something. You ask God a question, you're going to get an answer. But if you've been taking Him for granted, His answer is probably going to confuse you. Where have you been? I never left. I was just looking for you. I mean, I spent three days trying to find you, and I ain't found you yet. Where have you been? You left me. I never left you. You left me. 